Hello and welcome to episode 7 of A Need to Read. It's been now about a month since I've started this podcast, so it's mad that I've even got some listeners, so that's decent. Thank you very much everyone for still listening. Obviously I'm going to thank you again in the future because it's just what I seem to do every start of the podcast. Um, video in this one, so if you're watching on YouTube, obviously you know that. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple, then just so you know, I'm videoing things on YouTube so you can see my face and my expressions with my hands so people can get a real good understanding of, of, of what I'm going on about. Because um, it's always nice to see someone, isn't it? Nice to see the face. Um, might not be, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> the books. Obviously, that's what we're here for. This week, I read two books. So I read The Stranger by Albert Camus. It's a book, it was written a long time ago. Albert Camus is a French philosopher, and he was born in like the early 1900s. Um, died in 1960, um, I think, and he popularised absurdism. Now, absurdism, it's not quite nihilism, where there's there's no meaning in life at all. An absurdist believes that there's nothing of great value in life, but we each search for our own individual meaning. <clears throat> I wish I'd known this before I read the book. It's just something, it sparked an interest in me reading this book and got me down a path of reading about absurdism, more about nihilism, surrealism, which is one of the good things about books is you can read something, even if it's just a novel like this one is, um, a fiction novel, you can go off on a tangent reading about loads of other things and getting finding that you're interested in different sort of attitudes in life. So that was that was one of the good things about this book. Um I kind of identified with the main character in this book. Turns out I don't want to ruin it for you, um, but turns out at the end that I didn't identify him with him too much. Um but I have a feeling sometimes that everything's a bit frivolous. Um I don't have it all the time. Obviously I I feel there is some sort of meaning in life. No idea what it is but I definitely believe that there is some sort of meaning. But every now and then I get that feeling that, like, does it even matter? Like, what I'm doing right now, does it matter at all? And it's usually when I'm thinking about the universe and, and how small we actually are, which is another rabbit hole that I went down this week um, that I'm probably going to get even further down. But, but yeah, so I, I identified with this book quite a bit. So I, I liked reading it. It is short. It's about 150 pages long. Um, I read it on Monday, just in a day. <clears throat> Apologies, I can't edit that out because I'm videoing now. Um, and I'm no good with technology. The main character in the book is odd, to say the least. You get a feeling from the start that there isn't, there's something like not quite right about him. And... I don't know why I carried on reading. Usually, if I read the, the first half of this book, it's it's not got a lot of excitement. It's not got much that sort of keeps you reading. But for some reason, the abnormal behaviour, or whatever you want to call it, of the main character kept kept me reading. And, I mean, probably Albert Camus' point there, um, probably wanted to keep me reading in that kind of way. It got weirder at the end, and... I liked it. It was it was a good book. It was short. The review's short because the book's quite short, and I don't want to give too much of the storyline away. I also don't want to chat too much about absurdism and then have someone message me like, "Oh, you got that wrong," because 
I'm only human. I've already said that I, I don't claim to be some sort of genius or anything like that. Um, but I'm just giving you my sort of out overview of The Stranger. It's about a man in France. <clears throat> he lives a pretty ordinary life. He doesn't see things as in like with rose-colored spectacles on or anything like that. He's, he seems to me like a bit of a realist at the start. Obviously, he's an absurdist, um, which we kind of find out through the book. I'd recommend it if you like classic novels. Um, I really would. I think I gave it three, three or four stars. But like that, that's quite strong, um, considering it's a classic novel and I've read it, because I don't usually like them. Um, if you're into that kind of thing, different attitudes to life, then definitely it, it should be a should read for you. Now, next thing I'm going to talk about, um, I have to have notes here. By the way, um, so if I'm if I'm going a bit slow, it's just because I have to check over the notes because I'm not at the point yet where I can just spit out everything to you because I'll miss stuff and and what I don't want to do is miss stuff because obviously you won't hear it. Now, ironically, I say that word now because the book is called The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. It's not a very big book. If you're watching the video, I'm showing it to the camera now. Now. The Power of Now is written by Eckhart Tolle. He is German, I believe. He's a spiritual teacher, world-renowned author. This, the Power of Now, I think, is one of his most popular books. He's also got another book called um, A New Earth. I read that about a month ago. That was really good. I've got a little bit that I want to take out of that book in a moment and sort of talk to you about that because I think that was probably one of my favourite books of the year so far. I'm definitely top five. Uh, the Power of Now is something that I did try to listen to last year on Audible. But for me, I find his voice boring. I, I, I lack a better word there. Um, it's very slow. You'd have to speed it up. I think I even used to speed it up to like 1.2 times normal speed or 1.3. And it still wasn't anywhere near as fast as I'm talking now. So if you can imagine a man that speaks like this, then that's exactly what the audiobook sounds like. So the now, as Eckhart talks, is, is all we ever have and it's all we've ever had. And the past and the future, they don't matter so much because when they come around or when they have been around, they were then the now, the present moment. Now, when you head into this book, I can't stop saying now, now, and it's it's getting in my head. I'll do my best to stop. Reading this book, you do have to come into it with an open mind. I would liken it to... It's probably a bit like anal. You've got to go into it with an open mind. You can't be there being all closed off to it because obviously if you're going in there with your ring clenched, it's, it's not going to work. And... Similarly, with this book, if you go in with your mind closed, you're not going to get much out of it. I think this book I'll probably read another five, six, seven, eight times in my life. I think it'll be a really good book for a reset. Um, in terms of the ideas in the book, like we're talking about the now and, and the present moment and the past and the future, Eckhart Tolle opens up by saying, this is only half the quote, but this is the most important part of it for, for his opinion, is that he has little need for the past and rarely thinks about it. For me, 
the word the word woke just as a sidetrack here the word woke just let you know is an american saying that's about sort of being aware of cultural issues like racism or classism stuff like that i use the word woke in a completely different way and I'd, like I think I can do that. I think I can make up my own meaning for it. When I say woke, what I mean is woke to the idea of your consciousness not being conscious. I mean, I suppose that means you're extra woke. Um, so yeah, that's my definition of it, which isn't the definition. But there you go. I think he's pretty fucking woke, if I'm honest, Eckhart Tolle. If he doesn't need the pass, he doesn't think about it, then he's absolutely made it because... We all spend so much time just living in the past, thinking about things that have happened, all projecting into the future. This book comes up with so many different scenarios about how you can be in the now or be in the present and not let it take away, not let your thoughts or your or your mind, or your unconscious mind, or, like take away from the, the moment that you're having there and then. So you're not projecting into the future about what might happen or thinking about past things that have happened. When we're talking about being present, I think everyone will will know that feeling of 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 not being present, where you're you're in a conversation with someone and they've said something that you don't like, and then your mind just spirals off in a different direction, and projects into the future about what might happen when they say this or when they say that, as opposed to actually like listening to that person, or let's say you're a guy and you're having sex and it goes on over a minute so you don't know what to do with yourself <laughs> and you start thinking about things like what you're going to have for lunch on Thursday or what's the next drink you're going to have if your mind wanders and you're not present in that moment you lose your boner mate it's going to happen it's the same kind of thing with your mind this is going to be probably it's not the analogy most people will go for but if you're not present you might lose your metaphorical boner, which might be something that is really good and you might miss it or end up ruining it and then making the other person feel like shit in the conversation that you're having. There's my waffle about that. Remind me not to talk about sex because I don't know where my brain goes because I start getting a bit worried. Or maybe I'll just get better at it. <clears throat> anyway, your mind wanders a bit. Pretty much like what I've done there. I wasn't present. I got distracted by the story. Because I was thinking about what you, as a listener, would think about what I'm saying. So I let I, I let the present get away from me by projecting into the future and and running through all these scenarios. And all this stuff happens within seconds in your head. It's it's madness. And and this happens all the time for everyone. If it doesn't happen to you, fair play. And um, I mean, I know I've just read a book on it, but let me know your technique for it because I'd be I'd be interested to hear it. Now. Like I said, people spend a lot of time sort of projecting thoughts into the future. Now, when I had therapy, I I used to spend a lot of time in my head projecting into the future about how a certain conversation would go. Most of the time, how a conversation would go or, or what would happen at a particular time of stuff that I had no idea about and, and I had no control over. When I was speaking to my therapist about this, she was like, oh, so that's, that is interesting, Ed. How many times have you been right? And I sat there and just had one of those light bulb moments and I was like, wow, Ed, you prick, you are never right. Like, I mean, this is a bit harsh on myself. I don't really think I'm a prick, but 
I've definitely projected things in the future. I haven't guessed it correct once. Not like Mystic Meg. I'm not projecting the future and knowing exactly what's going to happen. I often think about the future and it's completely different. I get that sense of relief when what I'd been thinking about doesn't happen. I could have saved myself a load of energy by not projecting into the future. So next time you catch yourself having a thought about the future, ask yourself that question. How many times have I been right? Or how many times have you been right? The There's like different stories in in the book about how he sort of remains present and examples of, of people that are being present. Not just people as well, there's animals. He talks about ducks. And if you've ever seen like a duck have a fight, let's say you're going past a lake, the, the ducks are there swimming at each other. All of a sudden, one's on someone else's turf. He doesn't like it. He thinks he's going to take his ducklings or whatever. I don't know if there is paedophiles or kidnappers in the duck world, but if you know, please let me know. Anyway, the ducks fight and then instantly they, they swim apart and they flap their wings and then that's done. And they just dropped it into the past where it belongs and they don't dwell on it. They just get on with their day of being a duck so they might go and eat some shit off the floor or eat some bread. Whatever ducks do, they're just they're present. So animals are obviously really good at this. Now there's another thing about dropping issues and that was in A New Earth which is the other book by Eckhart Tolle but it's one of my favourite stories. So there's these two Chinese monks it's years ago they're walking along a path and they, and they come across this big puddle and there's a girl there in a dress and she doesn't want to cross the puddle because obviously she'll get mud all over her dress. One of the monks just picks her up walks her over to the other side of the puddle and drops her down. About three hours later the monks are still walking along the monk that didn't pick up the girl says to the other one why, why did you pick up that girl? We're, we're monks. We're not meant to do that. So the one, he turns to him and he goes, Oh, you're, you're still carrying that girl. I put her down ages ago. So that other monk had, had for three hours had been carrying that thought. But the other guy hadn't thought about it since he dropped her. I think it's a really powerful message. I might have butchered it there because I'm not reading it word for word. But hopefully I haven't. In terms of the actual sort of substance of the book and as a reader it is a bit wordy and it is slightly repetitive but this point needs to be drummed in over and over again like i said i'll read this book multiple times you'll probably need to read it 100 200 300 times and practice 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 before you actually become enlightened which is uh it's on the book by the way it says the guide to spiritual enlightenment so that's that's why i said like in enlightenment Hopefully I'm on my way, but I doubt it. You'll, you'll have to read it a lot to, to get a lot out of it. So it's definitely something that's good to have on your bookshelf. Um, if you have a bookshelf or however you like to read. Make it an essential. Put it put it there. You don't have to read it now. Read it when when you feel like you need a reset. If you feel like you're living in the past too much or you're projecting the future too much and you feel like you need a bit of a reset, just do that. Read read that book. It's it's a very good book. It's very wordy, like I said. Um, he has some meditation techniques in there, which is really handy. Um, if you haven't done meditation before, I swear by it. I'm doing about 40 minutes at the moment. I used to not be able to sit down for 10 minutes. I still can't cross my legs. Maybe that'll come when I get to like an hour worth of meditation a day. But it's definitely worth it. Um, it's got some nice meditation ideas that you can you can sit and, and think about or essentially not think about. 
So that's in there as well. He does talk about Jesus quite a bit, which, I mean, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it when people put their religious um, views behind spirituality because I think spirituality is, as a whole, all of religion and there's just different parts in, in which you can look at it and like the meditations and, and prayer sort of being relatively similar. So when when you're, when you're trying to force Jesus down people's throats and they're an atheist like me, it's it's a bit off-putting but it hasn't hasn't put me off reading it again in the future and I, and I definitely will do so i would say read the book that is my recommendation for you that's what all i've got to say about the book i'm pretty sure i'm going to read the stoic thought of the week it's something that i've sort of got into again recently um, i'll read it to you and then and then i'll explain it i will keep constant watch over myself and most usefully will put each day up for review for this is what makes us evil, that none of us look back upon our own lives. We reflect only which we are about to do, and yet our plans for the future descend from the past. That's by Seneca. Um, it's in the Daily Stoic, which is the book obviously I read you a little bit of each week, um, just to get the idea out there. Journaling is such a powerful thing. Whether you do your journaling in the morning and, and you write down what you're grateful for, or if you reflect upon the day, you can pick out those things from the day where maybe you weren't so happy with yourself or you were really happy with yourself. Focus on the positives and the negatives because that's what's going to enable you to grow. And sometimes if you sit there writing, you might find yourself writing like two or three pages about your thoughts from that day. And the best thing is, relating back to the story about the guy putting down the girl and then the issue, if you write something down, it's kind of like putting it down. But it is, it's putting it down on paper you'll um you'll get a lot from it if if you give it a go there's a lot of um journals and stuff on google if, if you have a look um a friend of mine louis blackmore on his instagram has got a video about journaling so if, if you want to go and have a look at that um, or message me and i can send you that video it's a really powerful tool and it's really good for your brain and keeps you smiling that's the end of episode seven so thank you very 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 much for listening in again or watching on youtube obviously the housekeeping we've got instagram at a need to read same on facebook on goodreads if you want to follow me on there it's a need to read or message me and i'll, I'll send you the link i do have an email list uh i haven't had too many people unsubscribe just yet so it can't be that bad if you want to get on the email list drop me a message or there's a link in the bio uh, on the instagram YouTube should be fully functioning pretty soon with all the video. Um, I've just actually done this on there, which of course you know, because I've already told you. But that's it from me. I hope you have a really good week. Any questions or anything about books, just let me know. Um, obviously, happy to answer them. If you're interested in joining the book club that I'm going to start soon, please do message me as well um, on Instagram. I've got an idea coming for you, so keep your, keep your eyes peeled for that. Take it easy.